Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It's a very wonderful day today. <clears throat> the Feast of Our Lady of Lords. Um, probably most of you who are Catholic anyway uh, know who Our Lady of Lords is, but I certainly didn't know that for a long, long, long time. You know I grew up in a Jewish home, and I knew nothing Catholic. Um, and then uh, when I became a Christian, I became an evangelical uh, Christian, trying to save Catholics, and I knew nothing of Our Lady of Lord. Then I came into the Catholic Church, or at least I was searching to come into the Catholic Church. I'll tell you a little story, because Our Lady of Lord very special to me. And on my way to the church, I was reading everything I could to find out how on earth the Catholic Church could be true. How on earth could it be true? The last thing I really wanted to do, I mean, I didn't even fathom, I was looking into the Catholic Church because I knew if I didn't that I'd be turning from God because he had done a very specific work in my heart and it led me to look into the claims of the Catholic Church. But at the time I thought, no way, maybe he really wants me to save Catholics better. I don't know. So I read... And I was reading it. I was still on staff with my Protestant church heading women's ministries in full time. Um, and then I would just read from between 11 at night and 3 in the morning, whatever I could get my hands on. And nobody knew I was reading Catholic stuff. Um, and I saw in the, in the New York, I was in New York at the time, and the New York Times had an advertisement and it said, um, if you only read one book on Mary, read this book, and money back if you don't like it. This, I think it was, I don't remember the cost, doesn't matter. I got the book, and the book, the name of the book was True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. Now, some of you are laughing, maybe, because you know the book and you read the book. I didn't know a thing, but if I'm going to study Mary, and I can read one book, that's just fine with me. So I read the book, and I got into the book where it said uh, St. Louis called um, St. Louis de Montfort uh, Mary, Our Lady, my life, my sweetness, and my hope. And I got sick emotionally. I said, what are you doing calling Mary your life? Isn't God your life, your sweetness, and your hope? Of course, I hadn't thought of husbands who tell me that, their, their wife is their life and their hope and everything else. We understand the language of devotion, but how could anybody say that about Mary? And then I read further in the book, and his devotion and his love for the Lord Jesus was so beautiful and so great and so deep. And I thought to myself, how on earth can you have such love for the Lord Jesus like that? And have devotion to a creature, Mary, a creature. She's a creature. She's the Savior's mother, but she's a creature. She's created by him. 
And so I just put the book on a shelf. Forget it. I put the book on a shelf. I thought, I'll just keep reading. Well, um, just about that time, uh, my brother, I had been living with my brother and his family for a few months upstate New York till I found a place and a job because I had left everything and everyone I knew and gone to New York and took a waitress job to read my way into the church. And my brother David was... Um, really excited that at last, at last, his fundamentalist sister was looking into the Catholic Church. So every Saturday night, he brought home another film. And the first was Our Lady of Fatima. Our Lady of Fatima, of course, I never heard of her, even though it's in the newspapers uh, uh, from 1917, but I had never heard of her. And I'm watching it as the three children, as she appears to the three children, and she says to them, do you wish to offer, I, I, I think I memorized the whole movie, but it's been a while since I, so I, I may not get it 100%. But she said, do you wish to offer your lives to God to suffer whatever trials he may send you to atone for the sins by which he's offended? Listen to this sentence again. I could hardly bear this sentence. Do you wish to offer your lives to God to suffer whatever um, injuries, whatever trials he wants to send you to atone for the sins by which he's offended. I said, what on earth is that? As an evangelical, I said, don't Catholics know that Jesus once for all died on the cross to atone for the sins by which he was offended? It was our sin that put him on the cross. What, what do you, how do we accept sufferings to atone for the sins by which he said, what are you talking about? I just, what's wrong with these Catholics? And then, further on, I watched Our Lady of Lourdes. Oh, no, no, at the end of the film of Fatima, Our Lady said she was going to take the three children, uh, Francisca, Lu- Lucia, and uh, Jacinta. And Our Lady told Lucia, the oldest one, that she was going to take Francisco and Jacinta home to heaven soon. And Lucia said, oh, dear lady, don't take them. Uh, don't leave me here alone. I, I'll suffer for them and be glad, but don't leave me here alone. Don't take them. And the lady said to Lucia, Lucia, my immaculate heart will be your refuge and the path that leads you to God. And you know, I just I couldn't believe it. I stood up, went out of the room where everybody was watching the film. I went into the bathroom, and I locked the door, and I cried my eyes out. I had known sick our Lord for 16 years at that point. From my Jewish background, he was everything. And if I thought, if I become Catholic, I have to go backwards and come through Mary? What is that all about? And I went back into the room to discover that my brother David had... The second I walked out, stopped the film so I wouldn't miss a second of it. And he started it again when I came back in. And then sometime later, I watched again. I'm still not Catholic, Our Lady of Lords. And um, uh, with, with Bernadette, and this is our feast day today. And let me see that. Oh, I know. I know what it was. Um, Bernadette was a 14-year-old little girl, and, and most of you know the story, but, but many of you don't, especially if you're not Catholic or you didn't, weren't raised Catholic or whatever it is. 
And Bernadette lived in a very poor family. Her mother was a miller. I mean, her father was a miller. Her mother did laundry for neighbors and different cleaning and things. Her father was a miller, and he had lost his job. And there was very, very little income, only from the what the mother, the laundry she could do, and that little odd jobs he was able to get. And they actually lived in an abandoned jail cell, completely cold. Uh, they could burn some wood in there, but no heat, cold, and miserable. Um. And Bernadette had um, uh, asthma. And so one day the mother wanted her daughter, and uh, uh, she had an older sister as well, I don't know if she was older or younger, and a friend, to gather some wood. So the three of them went to gather wood by the stream. And um, anyway, uh, while they were gone, Bernadette was too sick. They didn't want her to go across the water. And while they were gone, I don't want if I describe every detail to you, we won't get through the program, but while they were gone... Our Lady, Bernadette, did uh, go through the water. And, um, no, she didn't, not yet. Uh, A little wind came up and just kind of a, you knew something supernatural was happening. And she was in the grotto of Masabiel in Lourdes, which was a garbage dump where garbage was burned. And Bernadette um, looked up and in the grotto, in a niche, was Mary, Our Lady, we so call her, Our Lady. And Bernadette didn't know who she was, but she knew that she was a heavenly creature, and she just knelt down. And the lady began to talk to Bernadette. And while she was kneeling down, she was in some kind of a trance. I don't think she knew it. But the lady told her to pray the rosary and all of that, and to come back. Uh, On the 15th of each month, that's on, I think, on the, was it the 15th? No, no. Um, No, Our Lady of Fatima was the 15th. I think on Thursdays she was to come back. Um, I'm getting a little mixed up here, but she was to come back uh, maybe on Thursday. Weekly or monthly, I forget. Some of you know, you're going to call in and say, Mother, let me give you the details here. And when she got up, this the, when the two women came back, the two girls came back with the wood, they said, where are you, Bernadette? And then they saw her, and they thought she was dead because she was white and she wasn't moving. And then she came out of her little uh, trance and uh, ran through the water. And they said, Bernadette, don't you go through that water. It's freezing. And it wasn't cold to her. She was 100% and carried the wood and beat them back and to the house. Oh, dear. There's our break. But we're going to have a little more time after the break. I'll finish the story. It became quite a personal story to me and um, and actually a miracle that Our Lady of Lord did for me. And I will tell you when we come back from the break, beloved, we'll have another a short time together and then we'll have a second break and right after the second break we'll have a whole half hour all to ourselves and you can call in with any question on your heart I'll try my best to answer it I can't always answer them but we could give you resources to go to and your text and your email so the call uh, toll free number to call in is 1-877-511-5483 the text at that number Email at mother at the station of the cross 
Facebook.com. And um, hello, dear souls from Grand Rapids, listening on Holy Family Radio. Many conversions come about after people tune in to Catholic Radio in the privacy of their own cars. Help give them this opportunity by displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. We offer free bumper magnets to promote Catholic Radio so others will come to know our Lord through listening. For your free bumper magnets, click the Promote tab at the top of our website, thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab at the top of our website. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio wherever your journeys take you. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear family, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm right in the middle of a story um, uh, on um, Our Lady of Lords, whose feast day it is today, and talking about little 14-year-old Bernadette who ran home and uh, her sister told on her that some lady appeared to her in the grotto and her parents thought it was ridiculous because Bernadette was always talking about the saints. Now she's making up stories. They punished her. They wouldn't let her go back. All of that. Um, Toward the end of the movie, um, I'm telling you this because of the the impact it had on my life. Um, Toward the end of the movie, Lourdes, now again, I wasn't Catholic yet. I was looking into the church. I didn't want to be Catholic I couldn't imagine believing it, but I needed to look into it. And this was my second Catholic movie I saw, Our Lady of Fatima, then Our Lady of Lord, and I I was sick. I said, What what on earth what on earth is this? And it showed them um 
uh, walking around uh, on processions because of the apparition and thousands of people with candles singing Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. And from my Jewish background, I would sing Oy Vey, Oy Vey, Oy Vey Maria. Oh, I couldn't believe it. These look like intelligent, mature people, not just peasants, everybody, business people, uh, everybody. I said, what is their problem? And at the end of the movie, well, toward the beginning, the priest that she was told to go to by Our Lady to build the chapel, he called her into his office and he said, Bernadette, do you want to grow up and be like other girls and date and get married and have a family? She said, oh, yes, Father, yes, I want that. And he sat her down and he said, Bernadette, wake up. You are playing with fire, Bernadette. How dare she, 14-year-old peasant girl in a garbage dump, uh, claim that the Blessed Mother appeared to her? Who is she? Come on. And he didn't believe her. But by the end of the film, he did believe her. And they were doing investigations on the apparitions and the spring that had sprung up. They began to heal everybody and all of that. The water from Lourdes. And he called her back into the rectory. And he said to her, uh, because then she really was growing up and she uh, wanted to be a handmaid to a family and different things. And he sat her down. He said, Bernadette, um, once I told you that you were playing with fire. And he said, your lady was heavenly fire. And then he said this. Heaven chose you, and now there is nothing left for you to do but to choose heaven. Beloved, that line went through me as I watched that film and listened, as no line in my entire life ever has. Heaven chose you, and now there is nothing left for you to do but to choose heaven. For him, there wasn't marriage ahead for Bernadette, but there was religious life, that she'd go off to the Sisters of Navarre and live the rest of her life in a convent um, uh, and take her sufferings and everything else with her. I tell you, my heart, when that line went through me, and I could have burst with love, not for the Catholic Church, but it's what I wanted. Heaven chose me. I wanted heaven to choose me. And all I and, and now I wanted to choose heaven with all my heart. But what was I gonna do? I couldn't be Protestant anymore and I couldn't be Catholic. What was I gonna do? I was nowhere, I had no hope. It was the most painful time for me. But that line I couldn't believe. And uh, beloved, it's our line, not just my line. Yes, I, I, by the grace of God, he put it right through my heart. And I wanted to be in a habit then. It was 1992. I didn't enter the church till 95. And I had no idea of being a nun. And then when I began to think of being one, because of lots of things that happened, I had no idea of starting an order. What do I know? Come on. But it's the ways of God. But the fact is, beloved, it's our line. Heaven chose us. 
Heaven chose us. If you are Catholic, dear one, heaven chose you. You didn't choose him. We love because God first loved us. Heaven chose us. And there is nothing left for us to do but to choose him. Are you having trouble in your marriage? Choose God over your spouse, and you'll be able to love your spouse and lay down your life for your spouse in a way you never have before, not based on him or her, but based on God laying down his life for you. There's so much. But now let me tell you. So I became Catholic in 95, and I believed all the doctrines on Mary, but I just couldn't understand a personal relationship with Mary. It just, she was too distant for me, and and I wasn't unhappy about that at all. But three years later, I was invited to Lord France, to the grotto, not to the grotto, but to an apostolate who has their mother house in Lord France. And I went because I knew I'd be near that grotto that I saw in that movie. So I went. And I would walk down the hill to the grotto every day. I was there for two weeks. And I, I stood there for masses every morning. I was Catholic now. I wasn't receiving the Eucharist, beloved. I'm celiac. And um, I, I, it, it almost killed me twice in my life. I cannot have any gluten whatsoever. And you know, if you understand, that the uh, properties of wheat remain, though the substance is fully God. Um, it doesn't contain God. It is God. Uh, but the properties, the outward appearance, uh, is, is still bread. And the properties of wheat remain, and I can't eat meat, a uh, wheat rather. And so I wasn't receiving the Eucharist. I could receive the precious blood, but I wasn't always able to do that uh, wherever I was. But um, so there I was at the grotto, and I saw um, people wheeling, uh, lots of people in wheelchairs, blue wheelchairs with volunteers. Uh, wheeling them into the springs from that little tiny spring where Bernadette was told to dig. The spring came up, and now to this day, from the year 1858, that spring has never stopped, and it fills, I don't know how many, maybe a dozen, concrete rectangular baths. And you go into them, and the water's freezing, and... It's the water from Lord, the miraculous water, and everyone goes in. I'm watching these people, and they don't get, they don't, they want to be healed. They don't all get healed. Very few do, but everyone comes out praising God because of the grace to our souls. And so I was watching that, and I said, Lord, should I go in? What do I have? Um, and, well, I have the celiac, but. You know, every everybody lives with any every everybody lives with something. It, it's I'm not like them. I'm not in a wheelchair. It's no big deal. But again, it, I was almost dead twice, and um, it's it's just an ongoing situation for me. And so, and I, again, I couldn't receive the Eucharist. And so I said, "Well, Lord, I, you know, I'll go into the water, but I really have nothing to ask you for. I have the celiac, but it's nothing." So. Don't worry about it, but if you want to, if you want to. So I went into the water. And beloved, I, I don't know that I've ever told this story, this part of the story publicly before, but you get undressed and there's two women there and they put a towel in front of you, so keep you a little private and you go into the water 
and it, if you're standing, it comes up to your waist or so. And it's a long, as I say, just a long concrete rectangular bath. And I went in, and when I was halfway down in the tub, standing, but halfway the length of the tub, I saw on the wall a statue of Our Lady, and I'm, I'm guessing it's Our Lady of Lord. I couldn't identify Mary in all her uh, uh, forms at that time, but I'm guessing it makes sense, it's Our Lady of Lord. And it was rather small and kind of beige, blended it with the wall, and I remember thinking, wow, they could have done a better job on Mary. She's kind of blah. And as I looked at her, I don't know what happened, but something broke in me. I don't know at that moment I started to sob. And the two women, one on each side, just got scared. They said, what happened? When I said, I'm okay, I couldn't stop sobbing. And I came out of the water, and I don't know if you've been to Lord, but I said, does anyone have a towel? And they said, you don't need one. They were right. I put my clothes on, and I was dry. Don't ask. And I walked the stations of the cross. I went to confession, and for two and a half hours, I used up all the priest Kleenex, And I went on procession at night with a candle with a thousand people singing Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. And I said to myself, Rosalind, Rosalind Moss, my given name, I wasn't a sister yet. Rosalind, you've become a full-fledged pagan at last. I was so happy. And I came home and I still didn't receive the Eucharist. And then I realized after a while that I didn't have the sort of pain that I lived with that woke me up at night. I wasn't waking up at night anymore. And I said, I wonder, I wonder. And so after a couple of weeks, I said to my priest, who knew my condition, I said, I'm going to receive the Eucharist. He said, you are not. And he used to uh, let me receive from his chalice. And I said, he said, you are not. I said, I am. And I've received the Eucharist every day since that time, since 1995, um, three months after I was Catholic. And what God, I still have, I'm still a full celiac, but God gave me a singular miracle. He enabled me to receive the host. It's, and I've had received the host every single day since, including this morning. And when I got home from Lord. I took the book, True Devotion, off the shelf, and I said, I wonder how this book would be for me now. So I was already Catholic three years. I read it almost three years before I was Catholic, so five or six years I hadn't read it. I said, let me see what it is now. And I took the book off the shelf, and I read it, and I was astounded. I said, what happened? Someone put a new book inside the cover. It's a, it, this isn't what I read before. I was in love. And of course, it was the same book. So, so beautiful. Beloved, don't be afraid, whoever you are, Protestant, Jewish, um, any faith, don't be afraid to go to Mary. She's the mother of the Jewish Messiah, and she'll only say one thing, do I have a son for you? Why do I have a son for you? The Messiah the Savior of the whole world. Go to Mary, and she'll lead you to her son. There's the music for our break, beloved. Um, 
And um, I think um, we cut out before when I was welcoming again Holy Family Radio in in, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're so happy you're with us. And call in from there or anywhere, beloved, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I am she, and I am so happy to be with you. And now we have a half hour to ourselves. And you can call in toll-free with anything at all on your heart, 1-877-544-511. Don't, but I'll start again. 1-877-511-5483. Or email, excuse me, at mother at the station of the cross.com. Uh, Dan, we have on the line from Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mother. Um, I lo- love your show. Um, Thank you, I dear. I had a question regarding the Novus Ordo Mass. Now, I mm-hmm. was an altar boy in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and it was much more reverent than what it has morphed into today. Yes. And so I understand that there's been studies done with unconsecrated hosts where. Um, particles are known to, to be in the receiver's hands, 
and then they don't uh, look at the, to see if there's any particles, and they end up falling on the floor in the church. Mm-hmm. So is that a sacrilege? Uh, and if so, um, I, um, I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable stepping on our Lord. I mean, so but we do taking precautions. Uh, you, we do. It's like fair, you know, Dan, yes, it's a sacrilege. And um, uh, it doesn't matter it's, that it's the Novus Ordo. That should still be a, a server properly trained with a patent under the receiver. So that if any particles fall, oh, you're saying if they receive in the hand. You see, that's so terrible. It's a sacrilege. It simply is. And you can be careful. I mean, that studies with unconsecrated hosts, but there are... In in any Novus Auto Church, that um, where people receive our Lord in the hand, there are going to be particles on the floor. That's period. They're going to be vacuumed up. Maybe it's terrible, and people will step on them. And if it's carpeted or some, you, so many people, it's going to get into someone's shoes. You can't see them, and it 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 is a sacrilege. There's no question, Dan. It's it's a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. As I had brought that up with uh, the archdiocese here, and uh, they, they, the priest I spoke to uh, said he wouldn't classify that as a, a sacrilege. And, oh, to let our Lord fall on the floor and step on him! My goodness, I, w- I would, yeah. I would ask him what he does qualify as a sacrilege. Suppose the the entire host fell on the floor, and no one picked him up. Well, and people stepped well, exactly. on him. Would he consider that a well, sacrilege? He, and if he said, well, that would be, but you see, one particle is the same as the entire host. Right. Well, he gave that example. He said that if somebody went and threw them on the, threw a uh, uh, whole hosts on the floor, he said he would consider that a sacrilege. And I, and I said the same thing that you just said. Uh, yeah. The result was the same. And he was silent. And, right. Uh, didn't want to. Yeah, it's a shame, Dan. Him. It's a shame. And, you know, it, it, it's it, it's difficult, it's frustrating, it's grievous, and we have to do the best we can. Um, right. And I, I think um, there is one bishop, I just read that this week, there is a bishop, I think, um, I, I, I think I know his name, but I, I'm not sure if he's the right bishop, so I won't say it. But he has required his entire, in the United States, blessed be God, I think it's the United States, I could be wrong, to his entire diocese to receive our blessed Lord on the tongue. That is so fabulous. And so I think priests need to be educated as well as people. They need to be educated and then they need to teach their people. And a good way to start is to read a little book. It's it's kind of a large pamphlet. It's very small uh, by Bishop Athanasius Schneider, and it's called Communion in the Hand. Communion in the Hand. And it'll show you the sacrilege there. I will, I will try to get the... It might be something well, for your priest. Thank you, Dan. God bless you, dear one. Um we have a call from Lorraine in Rochester. Hi, Lorraine. Hello. Hi, dear. Do you have a question? Yes. I, I wonder if you could comment on the danger of, uh, I've been aware of the danger of being a checklist Catholic. Uh, I've been going to the Adoration Chapel uh, 
often. And the danger of being a checklist Catholic, they talk about the Pharisees back then, they had all these laws and they were doing, you know, what was required by the law. And the Catholic Church has laws where we go to church on Sunday, check. And then you go to, um, you put money in the basket, check. You go to communion, check. You bring in food for the poor periodically when they ask for it, check. You do all these check, check. I'm doing this, this, this. And then you have to go to confession. Make sure you go to confession once a year. And if that's the minimum requirement, okay, by golly, I'll just uh, save up all my sins and go once, once a year to confession, check. I've done all these things. And then people are leaving the church. Uh, we have had two more churches closing in Rochester. Mm. Uh, and, and if people think, well, I'm doing all these things, checklist, check, 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 but there's something missing in there. there you, you need to have your prayer life, uh, rosary, and, and, you know, like uh, litanies and, and, and uh, novenas to St. Michael and all these Jesus said things. to the Pharisees, yeah, you're right, Lorraine, you're right, sweetheart. Jesus said to the Pharisees, um, you do these things outwardly, but your heart is full of dead bones and all of that. Whitewashed tombs, he called them. Now, that doesn't mean a checklist Catholic is that. But uh, it cannot just be an outward. Now, people who live by that checklist, as you say, we can't see their heart. Only God can. And I'm going to assume they are sincere. But what they're missing is a degree of relationship with our Lord, love for our Lord, and it's, it's they're living kind of an outward Christianity. I met a woman once, she spent almost all day, every day, in the Adoration Chapel that was open 24-7. And yet, when I saw her outside of that, I used to go, you know, once a day, maybe to that Adoration Chapel. She was always there. She was always there. And prayed and prayed and prayed. And when I spoke with her outside the chapel... Her foul mouth shocked me no end, and her attitude, and her criticism of Catholics. And there was no, you see, so when you see that, Lorraine, keep in mind that we love because of the grace of God in our heart. And I always say, rather than criticize them, I say, Lord, why have you poured out such love on me? Why not them? Penetrate their heart. And, and and bring them to a deep love of you and a deep love and knowledge of the faith. Yes, that's what they need. Not to be criticized, but to be helped to love God. So pray yes, for I them. Don't mean to cri- I don't mean that I'm criticizing Catholics. I'm just saying I can see there is a danger. There's a danger. Oh, you're very right. We- oh, no, you're apt. And, and I, don't, I don't say you're criticizing them. You're oh, describing yeah. what you call a checklist Catholic. And there is a danger in that. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, people came to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, they knocked on the door of heaven, so to speak. Lord, um, uh, let us in, and, and he said, depart from me, I never knew you. And they said, Lord, it's it's us. We did this, and we did that, and we were this, and that, and that. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. And in yes, scripture... That's my the, greatest fear. <laughs> this, it shouldn't be a fear. It should never be a fear. Uh, uh, um, God, you know, are you a parent, Lorraine? Oh, yes. Agree All right. Do, do you want you okay? So you'll understand this. Do you want your children to come to you out of fear? And oh, if no. they if they come to you, and 
you could tell that they're nervous or afraid, your heart would break because you want them to know how much you love them and that you want your love to melt them. And so that's how God is with us. That's how God is with us. So people who say, we did this, we did that, we did that, and he's depart from me, I never knew you, knew you, never had an intimate relationship with you. So it is a danger. It is a danger. And, um, and we see people that appear to be that way and really live during the week as if God doesn't exist in their attitude and the choices and the decisions they make. So we need to help people, and we need to befriend them, and we need to pray for them. And you're you're absolutely right. We need to help. Okay, okay but don't live in fear, Father. Lorraine. Don't live in well, fear. Well, actually, I well, I do have a little fear, but I also have a great relationship, and and I do I know that he's close to me, and and I okay. I well, this is good, especially when I'm at the Adoration Chapel. I it's uh, okay. It's like God. a magnetism. All right, there should be a proper fear of hell. This is not a casual, Jesus is my friend, though he is. So there should be a proper fear of hell, and that's very, very good. You know, are you aware of the universal prayer, supposedly written by uh, Clement XI, Pope Clement XI? Uh, Um, Look it up online. I recognize the title. Yeah, but you'll love it. uh, uh, It's called the universal prayer. The, okay. I don't know if he was Pope, but Clement the Eleventh, I believe. Um, uh, the Universal Prayer. Anybody else listening? It's such a beautiful. Yes, he was Pope. It's such a beautiful prayer. Uh, the Universal Prayer. It's called. It's written in some prayer books, but you can find it online as well. It's this is the heart of a Pope, and um, the heart of the children of God. It's really beautiful. Okay, Lorraine. God bless you, dear yes. one. Thank you. Okay. God bless your day. God bless you too, sweetheart. We have jo- Joanne on the phone from Massachusetts. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Mother. It's Hi, good sweetheart. To talk to you. Thank I you. I just started um, listening to this radio station, and I've. Um, it's amazing. I just, I really need it. But my question is, and it's kind of hard for me to describe, but I've been searching. I've been growing. Um, and my my biggest thing is my desire to be closer to Jesus. Good. Um, I have a real hard time with some things. Um, I have difficulties, anyways. But um, it prayer and the desire to be closer to Christ, to closer to God, um, has been um, has been difficult for me um, because I feel like. I know Jesus is with me, and the Holy Spirit um, has been doing things for me in in regards to that. But um, I just like I need to ask you how and when you knew that Christ was your life, that He was everything. Like the night I gave my life to Him. Yeah. I came from such a back as a, as an evangelical Protestant, yeah. in good evangelical Protestant form. I asked Jesus into my heart, and I was changed overnight. I knew it then that not because of feeling. I didn't have an experience. Yeah, yeah. but I knew Joanne. If he was God, and I didn't have a relationship with him, I didn't even. I asked him to take my life. I didn't know how to do anything, but I said to myself. 
if he's God, now, I was 32, I was, no, I was a month before my 33rd birthday, and I said, I, I've been in control all my life, I, I thought, dumb me, I ran two companies in New York, I had a great social life, all of that, but no meaning inside, it was empty, and meaningless, and it was painful, and the night I came to ask God to take my life, I'm afraid of heights, but for me, I was jumping off a cliff. And I said, well, I'll jump. If he's God, I have no problem. If he's God, not God, I'm going to have a big problem. And I jumped. And I said, you know, I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you're God. But I don't have to know. You're God. And you know what you're doing. And if you exist... I could put my life in your hands. That was the end of it for me, the beginning and the end. Now, Joanne, can you hang on till after the break? I want to tell you one more thing that I think will be uh, helpful to you. All right, beloved, we'll have another uh, 10, 15 minutes. Give a call in. Uh, That's a Jewish way of saying call. Give a call. And uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. And we'll be right back. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth in my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life, because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com.
Welcome back, beloved. This is the last segment of um, Mother Miriam Live for today. And you are welcome. Still time to call in. Our lines are wide open. Toll free one 877 5115483 or email at com. We're on the line with Joanne in Massachusetts. Are you still there, dear one? Yes, I am. Uh, good for you. Good for you. Okay. Um, uh, let me tell you um, another matter. I, I um, it, People have asked me, I mean, I, my relationship since 19... 19- when I first became an evangelical was 1976. And there's no question that as we go on with God, our relationship grows. You may not even realize it. Like a child grows so slowly, they don't feel going from um, three foot to four foot. They don't, the body doesn't necessarily feel it. It takes such a long time. They're growing nonetheless. And so are you um, because God is our life and uh, he's in you. And it's impossible for life to not grow. It's impossible. So if if you didn't grow, you'd be a little dead. So, um, but here's another thing, Joanne. Well, two things. Someone said to me once, how are you so confident? How do you have such confidence in God, they said. And I, my answer is, it, it's easy for me. Either he exists or he doesn't. That's, that's the answer, Joanne, for me. Confidence if, is important. Yeah, if he's God, it's not God based on what I want him to do or what I think of him or what he does in my life. It's not for me to, I can't figure him out. I'm not God. I'm, 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 a, I'm a different being. I'm not him. I want to learn who he is. I don't want to make him in my image. I want to, if, if I made an image, his image, I want to learn more of him. And so, um, but there's another thing. When I became Catholic, the day after, and I was a very happy, uh, heaven-filled evangelical Protestant, and I didn't think there could be anything more on this earth but heaven. And then I became Catholic. And the day after I became Catholic, Joanne, for me, experientially, God wasn't here. For three, I didn't know about the dark night of the soul. But I guess, and I've pe- priests have told me, uh, God gave it to me the day after I became Catholic. I don't know. Th- over three years, there was no sign of God. Three years, Joanne, not a sign of God anywhere. I went to Mass, I received the host, not a sign of God. And... um Halfway through those three years, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, but halfway through the three years, I read a book, and it's called The Sacrament of the Present Moment. And I have a feeling it's a chapter uh, from um, Father Jean de Cossard's Surrender to Divine Providence. But it was written as a little book called The Sacrament of the Present Moment. And in that little book, there was one line that saved my life. It's because I lived with a deep longing. That's why you, this is what you remind me of, Joanne. I lived with a deep longing to love God. I just wanted to love him, but I knew I didn't. I spoke with priests. I said, I don't love God. And they said, contrary, you love him very much. And I said, no, I can't talk to you. You don't understand. I need someone to believe me. I don't love God. You know, 
And then I read the line from this book, and it said, the desire itself is love. Joanne, it saved my life. I said, you got to be kidding. I know I don't love God, but I desire to, I want to. And the book said, from a saint, the desire itself is love. And I said, well, now that does make sense. Who's going to cause us to desire and to want to love God? Satan's not going to cause. Yeah, our flesh is not going to cause that. Satan's not going to cause that. It's God. And if God has given us such deep desire, it's God who's put the desire in us and he who will work it out. So when you call him with a problem that you love God or you want to love him, you want to get close to him, that's God's grace in your heart. Otherwise, you'd just be apathetic and you wouldn't care. So God is working in you, sweetheart. And we want to be a saint yesterday, please. Yesterday, God. I want to love God. I know. So there. So you're in good shape. I know you think you don't. Me too. Still, me too. You know, if God asked me to judge my love for him, I'd say it was, oh, I don't know if I've graduated kindergarten. That's what I would say, because that's what I feel. But that's our problem. We cannot live or judge our spirituality or love for God based on feelings. And in fact, God says, if you live your life without feelings, you're before the blessed sacrament, you don't feel. And you feel like it's cold or I'm absent, but you stay there anyway. God considers that a deep act of love because you're doing it by an act of your will, not by feelings. Feelings are easy. But when you don't have the feelings and you do it by your will, that is a deep love and an act of sacrifice that God loves. That's exactly where I am at in prayer and the rosary, um, just trying to absorb, but sometimes it's just flat. And I understand that that's the will of God at that moment. Um, you know why it's his will? Because... <laughs> Well, yes, of course, but as women, we are, we tend, men can also, but more so for us, we tend to um, go by our feelings as a barometer for where we're at with God. And so God, in his love, removes from us those feelings and removes even the sense of, not his presence, but the sense of his presence so that our faith will grow deep and not depend on feelings. And I'll tell you, after those three years that I went through, and I think God put me through a three-year dark night, whatever it was, because I had, as a Protestant, such deep distrust for the Catholic Church, because I was taught it was Satan's system and the horror of Babylon and all of that. And it took a lot. I, I could teach, you know, based on my reading my way into the church. But to trust and to love was another matter. Now, it's different from you. But still, um, based on our circumstances and based on our need for our feelings uh, to be up and running, God removes the sense of um, his presence from us and 
take away our feelings so that it's dry and no one's home. Um, because he wants our faith to grow deep based on what we know, not based on what we feel. And after those three years, he did return feelings to me, but it was no longer, uh, it no longer held the importance that it used to have because now my faith had grown deep and I was sure of the church. God bless you. Okay. That helps so much. I just wanted to change the subject just for a second. Um, you mentioned the universal prayer. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to let anyone who was interested in a hand, it's called a handbook of prayers. Yes, it's in there. Good. Yeah, it's in there. It's a great book. Yeah, it's absolutely people. wonderful, Joanne. I have it. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much, Mother. You're so welcome. Have a blessed day. You okay. too, Joanne. Bye. And there's our ending music, beloved. Um, three very nice calls, and I, I love when you call in, and we'll get your, to your emails tomorrow. Um, God bless you, and uh, go look up and pray to Our Lady of Lords today. She loves you. She gave us the Messiah. And she is Our Lady of the Immaculate Heart. God bless you. We'll speak with you tomorrow.